It's the Not So Bon Voyage podcast, episode 26. On this week's episode, we talk about snake smuggling, seasick adventures, and Christine talks about when she got robbed. Grab your pepper spray and let's roll. And then the train got lost. How does the train get lost when it's on rails? I just want to get out there in the wild. Well, it was in the itinerary. I mean, adventure, it's calling. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been excellent. Good day. Oh, I forgot we we're doing good day. Is this mic on? Is, is this a hot mic? This is a hot mic. Hot mic coming at you hot. Episode 26 of the Not So Bon Voyage podcast. And as our friend Kamran pointed out, this is officially our half birthday. Oh, yes, it is. True. Because it's half a year. Yeah. Although that's true. last week was the mark of six months because we did take a two week break when we got married. Married. Remember that? So it was, you know. 25, 26, it's a half birthday. Well, 26 is my lucky number, so I feel like this is going to be a great episode. This is going to be a great episode. We have had all week to research it because we have had nothing else to do but be locked down in San Francisco because we can't leave the house and we have to keep a social distance of six feet away from each other. So Kristen and I are podcasting from opposite rooms. Yes, we are. We can't see each other at all. Yes, it's been amazing. I hope this lasts forever. It's fantastic. We love it. No, we are cooped up in the house. Actually, we're getting out a little bit. We're getting out a bit. We hope that wherever you are in the world that you are staying safe. That is our first and foremost priority. Travel is not really happening right now, nor should it. It's cancelled. It's cancelled. It's cancelled. Travel's cancelled. It's cancelled culture. And 2020 is just really just not liking travel at the moment. So you should be at home. You should be taking care of yourself. And you should be listening to the Not So Bon Voyage podcast. Yes. Because it's all about when shit goes wrong on the road. Yes. Which is basically 2020 is like the giant version of that. Yes. I feel like we have really peaked at the perfect time. Yes. And we are trying to stay positive because it has been a pretty tough time as people who work in the travel industry. This podcast is not our day job. Our day job is working in travel media and content creation and marketing and influencing, and it is just not a good time to be in that space right now. It's pretty rough, you guys. We, yeah, it's tough stuff. It's tough stuff. It's rough, it's tough, it's tough, but we're getting through. But we're getting through, and one way that you can help us, apart from, you know, sending us $1,000, one way you can help us, this is the only way that you can help us, and I'm going to ask you one favor at the start of the show, and probably one at the end, share our podcast with your friends. Please That's the only do thing. so. If you've enjoyed our podcast, whether you've listened to all 26 episodes or this is your very first one, welcome. But if you've enjoyed our podcast at all along the journey, please give it a share because do so. in these tough times, it is very helpful. Yeah. However you would like to share, if you would like to share on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. If you would like to tell a friend in person. If well, you would like to phone a friend. Phone a friend. You if can't you would tell like them in to person. shout at your friend who is six feet away from you, yes. you may do so. If you want to get up on the rooftop, your If you want to have a listening party. And shout. You know, people are doing watch parties now. Oh, yeah. You could have a, a, a listening, listening party. party in which everybody is uh, six feet away from each other. Yes. Or in a different state or house. True. Okay. So that's all we're going to ask for you in these tough times. Give us a chop out and help out by sharing the Not So Bomb Village podcast with your family, friends, and loved ones. And hopefully we can bring a little bit of joy to their lockdown life. Yeah. Hashtag lockdown life. Lockdown life. And so that's it. There's no travel update from us. We're yep, in the house. We're still and here. We are getting this episode out on Monday because we've had extra time. We've had no excuses. So we're back to a Monday schedule. We have so much time, you guys. We have nothing so but time. time. And there's not really too many in the news stories at the moment, but I am going to share 
and older in the news story. Because I figured, well, we can always go back. It doesn't have to be what's happening in the news right now. As long as it was in the news at some point. It was definitely in the news at some point, And it's still in the news because you can still find the article. It's just not new news. Okay. Thank yeah. you, Internet. Uh, it's My story is called, There's a Snake in My Boots. Oh, okay. It's very like Toy story Very Toy story adjacent. But it is actually pretty literal. Love it. So this story is from early last year. Moira Boxall from Scotland was great in the- name. Moira, anybody? Uh, shout out to our Shits Creek fans, Moira yes, Rose. She's great. She was on holiday in Australia visiting her daughter. She was in Queensland in a place called Mackay, which is not very interesting. Sorry, Mackay. She was staying Burn. with her daughter, and one night she said she heard a loud, loud, a loud. La- they she heard a loud. So she was staying with her daughter, and she heard a loud crash one night. And she got up to have a look at what the noise was. Maybe it was a burglar. Maybe it was something else. I don't know. Uh, I'm telling the story. <laughs> and she saw that a pot plant had been knocked over and it was on the floor. And she looked around for like, oh, that's weird. You know, the window is open. The pot plant's on the floor. And then she saw the culprit. It was a snake. <gasps> it was a snake on the floor. So she went, Wah! and she ran out of the room. I don't know. I'm, you know. Probably something like that. She probably that. did something like that. She ran out of the room and she went to get help from her daughter. But by the time they returned, the snake was gone. Oh. In the morning, they called a snake catcher. But So the snake catcher came over, started this looking. This was inside their house or outside their inside house? Inside the house. Oh, my God. How? Okay. Sorry. No. How would you no. be able to sleep knowing there is a snake it was in, in the, your house? It was in the early hours of the morning, okay, the story so they, said. So did maybe they go they, back to sleep? I don't know. But they called a snake catcher. The snake catcher came over in the morning. And they couldn't find anything either and just assumed that the snake has just taken off out the window just the way it came in. So that was that. So Moira is wrapping up her trip not long after the snake incident and she boards a plane back to Scotland and away she goes. (gasps) Okay. See you later. She gets back to Scotland and weeks later, she's just chilling at home in her home of Bridge of Allen, which is a very interesting place. Bridge of Allen. Bridge of Allen, of course. And... She goes to slip on her canvas shoes, only to find a little Aussie souvenir had come all the way across from Queensland to Scotland. No way. Yes, way. That is insane. So initially, Maura says that she thinks it's bubble wrap in her shoe because the snake had actually shed its skin. So she (sighs) saw the shedded skin in the shoe. Oh, my God. Then she said she saw a snake tail, and she thinks that maybe a daughter's playing a joke on her. Because I guess after the snake incident, and also obviously Australia is notorious for snakes, the mother is not very snake uh, positive, and mm-hmm. so the daughter's playing playing jokes on her, you know, pretending with a snake and that. So she thinks that her daughter's just playing a big old joke on her. A big then old joke. She sees the snake start to move, and she's like, <gasps> "Oh fuck! Oh my god! There's a snake in my boots. There's a snake in my canvas shoe." Yeah. So the snake came out of the shoe. And it ended up being a. It wasn't very, very big. It was a two foot python. Oh, so it was what? That's not big. Two foot. That's not that big. That's big enough. Big enough. There's a little bubba. Well, for a python, it's not very big. A python. That's quite dangerous, python. right? No. 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 There's okay, way more. Okay. Well, dangerous you're from snakes. Australia. Python is not that bad. So after the initial fright, she called the Scottish SPCA, and they came over and rescued the snake. 
And this is what Moira had to say. She said, The poor thing has come all the way from its native country to this cold place. I feel sorry for it, but I still don't like them. (laughs) Oh. So Moira is basically the, uh, she's a real life Woody. She's a snake smuggler. She's a snake smuggler. Inadvertently. Wow. That would freak me the hell out. Can you imagine if you, uh, well, actually, we've talked about bringing home souvenirs accidentally. And remember I told the story a few episodes ago, well, maybe a little bit longer, about how I brought a scorpion back from Guyana. Yes, you did. Yes. If you haven't heard that story, I smuggled scorpions back. Oh, scorpion. A scorpion. But yes, it was dead, but yeah. It was dead. It was after a trip to Guyana. And I put all my clothes from my bag, which are all filthy, into the washing machine. And when I pulled them out, a scorpion came out with the clothes. That was kind of cool. I wonder if it was alive when you put it in the laundry. I don't know. But I still have the scorpion. Yeah, that's a cool It wasn't very big. It was maybe like two inches. Again, that seems big. Yeah, for a scorpion. Pretty much any size scorpion or snake is too big for my liking. I'd rather, like, I'm just, I'm good. Yeah. Keep them over there. Well, at least it's not a Burmese python down in the swamp, people. Oh, yeah. The swamp people we had swamp a special. People, we watched swamp people the other day. And, you know, because we've been watching lots of TV. Got not much else to do. Lockdown life. And lockdown life. And we saw that there were like, I don't know, 12 foot pythons down there. Yeah. What the hell? Mm. I think they were 20 foot. They, they probably were. And they were 200 pounds? Something like that. What the F? Can you... I, I actually don't want Long to think about it. 200 pounds, my goal weight. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. That is bananas. Yes. Wow. So there you go. Moira, that's Moira's story, and she's sticking to it. That's quite a story. That poor lady. I don't think I'd ever be able to put on a shoe again without, like, shaking it off. Oh, you would. I mean, in Australia, you are basically taught from a young age to always check your shoes. Yeah. Be, for spi- Mostly for spiders, for me, it was growing up. But mm-hmm. if you're from the north where they have more snakes and things like that, 100%. But always check your boots. Like Especially if you have your shoes outside or in a closet, you always just tap your shoes. It's really? Just, I've yeah. literally never done that in Australia. Why didn't you tell me that? Have you ever seen me do it? No. Well, there you go. So what, you just stopped doing it? <laughs> no, well, it depends. Like If you keep them in a closet or if they've been outside, you know. We keep our shoes outside. Yeah. Are running shoes. Yeah, running and you shoes. have never taught me this trick. I always do it. I could be dead right now from a spider bite. That's you should have told me that the minute I, I landed in Australia. That. Sorry. That should be in the Australian Survival Guide. One on one. Really should. They should tell you that when you get oh, off the airplane. God. Okay, well Failing my secret plan to claim life insurance is up now. Oh, I've got no excuses. Up. I have to be more creative now. You guys are my witnesses. You hear this. Okay. Take note. Take note. You have a story? I have a story. Oh, yeah. It's a news story. So in the news- Is it a new news story? Now, I don't know if we've talked about this before. Is news called news because it's new? Why else would it be called that? Because it's news. It's the new stuff. You're so silly. Wait, what? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, because it's new. Literally, why else would it be called Uh, news? Okay, has anybody else ever thought that, that the word news means that it's something new? Yes, who? I, me. Okay. I, me. <laughs> you are a silly goose. That's what okay. you are. Quack, quack. Honk, honk. So in the news recently, there have been some very happy, positive headlines about the positive side effects of the lockdowns from coronavirus. Woo, lots of babies. Lots of babies. Maybe some other crazy shit. Who knows? We don't know. What? But one, I don't know. 
just general just craziness. General stuff? Okay. Oh, well, okay. So, like, the people in Italy on the balconies singing. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. So, some headlines you may have seen are pertaining to animals. Did you read the articles or just see the headlines? I have. I read this article. Yeah, you have to sometimes. The other ones I did not read. Sometimes you just got to read the headlines. We're headlines people. We're headlines people. So, a few headlines you may have seen floating around the interwebs are that swans and dolphins are now in the very clean (laughs) Venice canals. I almost said like Venice. Vanessa Canals. <laughs> Vanessa Canals. Um, Vanessa Canals. She's a new uh, Netflix actor. Yeah. Um, so the Venice Canals. I don't wow, know why that's, that's so amazing. Hard. There's dolphins in the Venice Canals. There are dolphins in the Venice Canals. Wow. There's also elephants that have wandered into a village in Yunnan, China, and they're getting drunk off corn wine. Oh my god! And then Tell me passing more. Passing out in the tea garden. Um. So the are there I- any facts of? Or photos to back up these stories, Christine? The idea behind these is that humans, you know, like the the humans are stuck at home in the lockdown and animals are just free to roam and nature is taking its course and they're living their best lives in the canals and and getting drunk off the wine or whatever. Unfortunately, all of these social media posts are false. 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 Christine is very adamant. She wants you to know false. They are false. Um, so apparently the swans are, so I'll just go list by list. So the okay. swans. Tell me about the swans first. The swans are already in the air, that area of Venice near Burano. So that's, they've been there forever. Okay. That's not a new thing. But some woman has like made this twi- tweet about the swans because she saw a photo of swans in Venice and she was like, the swans are here now. And, uh, and now she knows it's not true, or at least they've always been there. And she refuses to take her tweet down because she's gotten so many likes and comments on it. Oh, man. Social currency. that for her ego. She rich. She rich on social currency. She she's drunk on, on ego and power and likes. She's drunk on tweet, tweet likes. Yeah. She's drunk on re- retweets. Yeah. The dolphins... This was so actually I was telling a lot of people about the dolphins because I did see a headline about the dolphins in the Venice Canal. I have also told people that that story and uh, I'm going to probably stick to it. Is there anything more magical than dolphins in these clear Venice canals? Are the dolphins, uh, are they riding the gondolas? They are riding the gondolas. They're wearing striped T-shirts. I can just picture this little dolphin and he's up there with a little stick and he's got a a little hat on and a red and white striped top and the dolphin's like, and then there's another little dolphin couple that are in there and they're like, yeah, they're celebrating their honeymoon. So that's what you mean by dolphins in the canals, that they're actually like, they're tourists now. Yes, they're tourists. They're touring. Um, no. So the, the idea was that they're swimming in the canals because it's so clean. Oh. Unfortunately, the photos of the dolphins are actually from Sardinia, which is about 750 kilometers from Venice. Boo. So someone really fudged that up. And then the elephant photo, no one knows where that came from, but apparently it's like super normal for the elephants to go through this village in Yunnan, China and just kick it. There you go. So the, none of this is really because of the lockout or lockdown or no, anything. but there has been some drastic pollution reductions. That's true. That is nice. And nature has had a chance to take a breath. We talked. That's we true. touched on it briefly. So that is nice. Even if the dolphin story isn't true, it is nice that Mother Nature has had a chance to just have a little makeover. 
Yeah, glow up. Yeah. Woo-hoo. Yeah, she's feeling What's good. She's feeling herself a glow up. Yeah. Oh, you do not follow the millennials on Instagram, clearly. Glow up. A glow up is like when you grow up, but you like look better as you get older. Hmm. Like it's like if you're like an awkward, like kind of ugly duckling, like preteen, and then you're like 21 and you're like looking good or whatever, that's a glow up. So it's basically she's all that. It's basically she's all that, except literally... That movie, all she did was take off her glasses, and everybody was like, oh my god, she's so she's hot so now. so hot now. And she took off her art smock. Yeah. Jennifer Love Hewitt definitely wasn't hot before that. That wasn't Jennifer Love Hewitt. But Who okay. is it? Um, she's all that. Yes, it was. No, it wasn't. Okay, let's do a bet. What do we, what's the stakes? What are well, the high, wait, no, you can't look it up. I'm not, no. I'm not. Jules is I'm on not. his computer. He's looking it up. Okay. Wait, what I'm are not, our okay. stakes? Okay. What is it? What is what? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just looking it up. He's looking it up. She's all I feel that. like her name was Natalie, or was that her, the character? Oh. It definitely wasn't Jennifer Love Hewitt, it, though. Okay, yeah, it wasn't. No. Rachel no. Lee Cook. Oh, Rachel Lee Cook, of course. Paul Walker was in that movie. Oh, R.I.P. And Anna Paquin. Oh. And Freddie Prince Jr., obviously. Obviously, who is still married to Sarah Michelle Gellar, which makes all my 90s dreams come true. Matthew Lillard. And Kieran Culkin. Who is um, Macaulay? Macaulay Culkin's brother related to Macaulay? Wow, there's it. Okay, so the sh- I know we're getting a little bit off uh, track. It's just now. a little bit off topic. Hey, it's a slow travel week. It's a we slow need travel things week. to talk about. She's all that. Okay, has Paul Walker. I don't know who Matthew Lillard is. Matthew a- Lillard sounds very familiar. Anna Paquin, Kieran Culkin, Gabrielle Union, oh. Usher. <gasps> Lil, He's in the movie? Lil' Kim. What? Lil' Kim is in the movie? What character Kevin is she? Polak. I don't know who that is. Uh, you would know his face if I could show you his face now. Okay. Milo Ventimiglialo. He's in that? He's in that. Ventimigliana. Yes. Alexis Arquette. Uh, and okay. And that's pretty much it. I mean, there's other... Oh, that Clea Duval, the girl who plays... Um, she's in Veep. That uh-huh. She plays like the real staunch. Um, she's the lesbian wife of. Oh yeah, Adora, like the real kind of. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh my god. Is it all star cast? Wow. We, I think we're gonna have to watch this. You guys, we have tossed around the idea of making a '90s nostalgia podcast. Oh, we have we in have. which we go over the best movies and TV shows of that era and music and music. So please let us know if that's something you're interested in, and we'll get started right away. Uh, honestly, we have nothing but time right now, and we would jump straight into uh, a 90s. We already have the framework for it, and we obviously have the podcasting stuff. But if you want a 90s throwback podcast... Um, we should just do it. We should just do it. Okay. Anyway, back to anyway, travel. Anyway, back to travel. So if you want to check out that article that I read, and not just the headline, but the full article, uh, it's a Nat Geo article, and it basically bursts your bubble on all of the happy animal news that you've seen in the social media lately. Mm. So I'll post that on our website. Okay. Um, main stories? Well, just stories in general. Let's do it. Stories in general. My main story today is called Cessational. Mm. And it is a story that I was going to tell last week, but we just ran out of time because Christine's crazy Russian travel conspiracy article was just too compelling. And there was just too story. many. Story, yeah. What? You said article. Article story. Your story last week was just very compelling and it, it just, you know, we just didn't have time. We yeah. Ran out of time. But today, it's the story. Let's do it. So, Claudia Tavani from My Adventures Across the World, 
She is a fellow travel blogger, and mm-hmm. this story comes from her. She submitted it in to the podcast at notsobonvoyage.com slash submit, and we're going to give you a shout-out and a link and everything. So if you want your story, send it on in. She but is from Sardinia. She is from Sardinia. Maybe she can give is us an update. Sardinia? Yeah, I think so. She's from Italy. Oh, is she not from Sardinia? I think she is. I feel like she is. She's always talking about Sardinia. Yeah, and it looks beautiful. So maybe she can give us an update on the dolphins and track their migration pattern. I would love to know if they're going to Venice or Um, not. But a shout out to to Claudia and to our other Italian friends who are doing a a much tougher lockdown at the moment. So our our hearts and our prayers are with you guys and stay strong. Stay strong, Italy. As we uh, unify together to try and fuck this corona off. But anyway. Let's get back to the story. So this is from uh, Claudia Tavani at My Adventures Across the World, and it dates back to 2014. And it was when Claudia was on a long-term backpacking trip through Central and South America. Love it. Love it. Great place to be. We've traveled extensively through both those countries. We love them. So after traveling down Central America, she gets to Panama City, and she's faced with a dilemma. How do I keep going south? So Mm. if anybody is familiar with the geography... Once you get to Panama, even though it is connected by land to Colombia, you can't cross it. It is a treacherous area called the Darien Gap, mm-hmm. and you can't cross it by land because it is too treacherous. Yes. Apparently, there are some gorillas there. Not like gorillas, like the monkey, but like G-E-U-R-I-L-L-A-S. Isn't it Gorilla? G-U-E? G-U-E? Uh, yeah. Usually so, yeah, you G-U-E. You are usually very good at Yeah, well, that's not even, it's not an English word, so that's probably why. Gorillas. Well, I guess it is, is, it it is English. Uh, isn't it Spanish? I don't know. No. no. Son? What's no. a gorilla in Spanish? Doesn't Quick, matter. go. Doesn't matter. But anyway, it's very dangerous and can be very violent if you pass by land. I am fascinated with the Darien Gap. It is fascinating. I actually have a good story about someone. I, I need to get into it more about someone who crossed it. Oh, really? I yeah. wanted to do a story about that. Well, tough luck. Oh, okay. So anyway, <laughs> well, maybe we can we can rock off over it. Okay. So she's in Panama City, which is one of the last major hubs before you start going down south and you can't go any further. And so she has to decide how is she going to get to Cartagena in Colombia to continue her travels down south. So you have two options. You can book a boring old flight or (laughs) you can become a pirate for the week and you can hit the open waters and sail across from Panama City to Cartagena via the beautiful San Blas Islands. Oh, dream. dream. They literally, you guys, look these places up. They literally look like a screensaver, like an old PC screensaver. It's just like the most Id- idyllic water island situation. Beautiful, beautiful islands. And so they still have indigenous populations that live and govern the islands and very sort of like untouched. There is development, Um I know some of the islands are more populated than others. I always remember hearing a story about how the island chiefs put sheets over the flat screen TVs when the visitors arrive. You know, I have heard that, and they like to um, hide the wireless routers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've but heard that. I think that you know there is development. We yeah, try and especially roman- now. We try and romanticize this idea of these people living in huts, but I mean, they just want to develop as well. Yeah, they want Netflix too, you guys. Yeah, Don't deprive them. Anyway, they need to watch Love is Blind as well, yeah. just like the rest of us. So Claudia seeks out a sailing trip and finds um, that the experiences take about four to five days. Sometimes they can go longer. And you go, you leave, um, I think it's Colonia. It's a city out from Panama City. 
you sail past the islands, and then you land in the north of Colombia in Cartagena. It's around 500 bucks, includes all the food and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, it's a bit more expensive than flying, but you get a much better experience. And it's supposed to be a beautiful trip through the islands and just a better way to travel. There's only one catch. Claudia has never been on a sailboat before. Okay. She'd been on boats before, so I guess she meant that she'd been on maybe bigger boats. Like a ship? Maybe a ship or a cruise. or cruise ship. Who knows? Mm. But she'd never been on a sailboat, which is a very, probably much more of a different experience. Yeah, definitely. I haven't been on a sailboat in many, many years. I imagine the sailboat probably rocks around a bit more. I mostly spend time on mega yachts and Uh luxury yachts and luxury catamarans of that category. thinks that she's living a life of below deck. In my brain, I am a real housewife of Beverly Hills. Yeah. And so, but she thinks, all good, it's going to be fine. There are 10 people on board, including the captain, and it's like a 40-foot boat. That so seems it's 12 meters. Pretty big. Uh, 40 feet. No. Small? Pretty small. Oh, yeah. small? Oh, small? Yeah. So That's small. As soon as she steps on the boat, she's already feeling it. Oh, she's God, like, girl. Oh, here I we feel go. you. I would be the exact same way. So they take off that first morning, and straight away they get hit with super rough conditions. Literally queasy just thinking about yes. it. Yes. So a six foot, like two meter swell rolls into the ocean. And I think based on where they take off and how they get to the sand blast, they kind of hug the coast mm-hmm. for a while. So they don't ever actually get into open deep sea. Just okay. basically, I had a look at the map. So you don't really get to get past that real heavy sort of shit. Uh-huh. And so it rolls in and the sailboat is already struggling. And all day they trudge on through. Mm-hmm. And Claudia is like, this sucks. Mm-hmm. She's feeling nauseous. She's smashing the Dramamine. Oh, yeah. And she's getting Ugh. like a little bit of like momentary respite from feeling super, super seasick. Ugh, but basically, so she's like, this sucks. And she reckons everybody else is just like, woo, everybody else uh, is fine. And she's just there struggling, which knowing that you've got like a five-day journey ahead of you uh, would just be the absolute Hits. I would send for a helicopter to pick me up and take me to Colombia. Uh, helicopter, please. Helicopter. So she's like, all right, so this sucks, right? This is how sick she is. Now, uh, this is hilarious. So sorry, Claudia. I mean, she. I'm sure these are the stories you laugh at, but she's so sick that she can't get herself down to go below deck to use a bathroom because she's like, I feel terrible. So she's got to be out in the open air. Uh-huh. So instead... At the helm of the boat, there's like a little hole or something like that. Uh-huh. And she says that she actually pees down the hole. Oh, my God. And she God. asks the people, the other people to look away where, like, while well, she basically goes to the bathroom outside what? of the boat and pees, like, down the hole because she can't get down into the, like, below deck. She must just feel like an animal at this point, oh. like subhuman. It just... It just, oh man, I feel so bad. Like reading this story, I was just like, this is terrible. So, 12 hours later, of pure hell, basically, as she describes it, Mm -hmm. they make it to the first island where she's like, I'm off. Like, get me the fuck off this boat. Goodbye forever. Goodbye. I don't care what happens. I'm out. So, it's pitch black in the middle of the night, and she's like, I'm off the boat. Got to get off. Mm -hmm. So, the captain tells her that there are two hostile options. And that she might be able to find a place to to stay. Is everybody else sleeping on the boat? Yes, you stay on the boat, I guess. Okay, so there's like beds, like bunk beds or something. I guess so. I'm not really sure. Mm. But I think so, yeah. I think you stay on the boat. 
So he's like, yeah, there's two hostel options. You might be able to check them out. And he takes her across on a small little dinghy mm-hmm. that they have. And she gets on the island and the first hostel is full. It's like, oh, great. So they go to the island chief and they inquire about the second hostel and he's like, that one's also full. Oh, no. And I guess they're at the Kunayala Island. And the Kunayala Island chief, he was not happy about the boat making a very unannounced stop at the islands. Oh, and Claudia, he didn't have time to hide his flat screen yeah, TV. Yeah, it's like, turn off the Wi-Fi. <laughs> and also about Claudia entering without permission. So I guess the boats, if they're oh. going to stop on the islands, they have to get permission. Interesting, okay. Mm. So it's like very like tight Yeah, regulation. well, I'm sure that they pay a fee if they want to stop on the uh-huh. island. So they enter without permission and the guy's like, well... What are you doing here? Mm. We never said you could do it. Mm. And that then chief he basically, has a really interesting accent. Yeah, he's from the south. Oh, okay. Southern part of the island. Okay, got it. What got are you it. doing down here? <laughs> and so he basically he pulls out the law book, the constitution oh. of the islands. Oh, he the starts, official book. Yeah, he starts quoting all the laws and he's giving Claudia an earful about uh, all the laws she's broken about how she can't become, de- you know, she can't come in here and da da da. Oh my god! And then Claudia finally breaks him down and appeals to his compassionate side and asks him if there is a rule in the constitution and laws that has a section about helping people who are in of need. Oh, love it! So Good comeback. Like, boom! She's really got him here. Yeah. And she said, between a few tears and maybe some Jerry Maguire-like arguments. She finally breaks him down and he agrees to let her stay on the island and pitch a tent under a palm tree. Oh. So she's like, okay, I can work with that. I can work with that. By this stage, it's dark and she's pitching the tent with nothing more than a headlamp. Whose tent was it? I think she said she had a tent. Okay, that's good. That's lucky. That's lucky. And she's still feeling seasick. Like she's, you know, because you know when you get off a oh, boat, you still forever have that feeling, and for like a full day, I feel that. Yeah, and she's been punching out the Dramamine, so she's probably drowsy. Oh, and she's probably exhausted, exhausted, and because it's very physically taxing. Yes, and Dramamine like knocks you out, basically. Yeah, it's extremely exhausting. So she's putting up a tent with nothing more than a headlamp. Still feels terrible, and within minutes of getting it pitched, she just thinks like. She just feels like it's going to rain soon. Mm. So she, she basically just gets it up in time. She get, just gets her stuff inside the tent before it starts pouring down with rain. Oh, my God. So oh, she also said that she popped into – so after she landed, she's like, okay, I've found somewhere to stay. She says she popped into the local a local restaurant and she wanted to get some food. Mm. And she figured – she's like, well – you know, I'm on an island. I might as well try and make the best of a bad situation. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try and enjoy that island life. And she wants to order some lobster. Love it. Love it. Why not? It probably cost you like five bucks down there. Yeah, delicious. So you went to the restaurant. She asked to order one lobster and she said, I'll be back at 7 p.m. to eat it. You know, can I put an order in? Make sure. Have you got lobster? Okay. Yep, I'll be back at 7. All mm-hmm. good. She says she arrives back at 7 p.m. sharp. And then she rolls in and this, oh man, I'm just thinking of like our travels through Latin America and it's just so, I can just picture this exactly how it happens. She says she rolls back in at seven and then they're like, hey, like, well, what do you want to eat? Oh, of course. <laughs> and yeah. then she's like, um, my lobster? And they're like, oh, yeah, we didn't get it. Oh my God. <laughs> this doesn't that, I mean, yes. you know, not to stereotype every restaurant in Latin America, but I can just picture this very small family-run, like, local island restaurant. And island life, it's just a different life. 
It's, it's a laid back. It's laid back. It's like, uh, do you get that lobster? Oh, no, we don't have them today. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. So when you told me two hours ago you have it, yeah, you don't. Oh, That's happened to us a lot, actually. So many times. Yeah. Like, so many times. So she's like, oh, fuck it. She ends up getting, I don't know, chicken or rice or something like that. And uh, so she heads back to go to sleep. And I'm sure she has a very disrupted night, but I'm, I don't know. Who knows? She's probably exhausted as well. True. And she says she wakes up the next morning to a plane basically like landing over her tent. Oh, my God. And she realizes that she's sleeping right behind an airstrip. What? <laughs> where she is. Jesus. And there's this tiny, tiny airstrip like runway, like probably like one of those little dinky planes. It's like meow, da, 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 just like lands in oh a hundred meter airstrip. So she's sleeping right next to that. She's like, all right. So she packs up her tent and she's like, I'm not going to let this get me down. I'm going to try and make push through. push through, you know, work something out. So she goes, starts looking for someone who's in charge who can maybe help her out. So she finds an older lady and she asks her, she's like, do you have a room? And the woman's like, I have one spot for one night. What is her plan? She's just going to live go on this to, island now? Well, She's like, I live here now. Like, Claudia's like, this well, is I, my life now. I live here. And, uh, and so it's great that they do have internet on that island because Claudia submitted her story from the island and that's where she lives now. She's, that's where she lives. Now she, she runs the lobster shack and yeah. she makes sure that people <laughs> always have lobsters. And, and she said to herself that night, I will never... I will never let another tourist go without a lobster again. I love it. I love your commitment. Yes. So she's like, uh, I think her, her plan is to go back to Panama City. She's she's one day uh, okay. out from it or she's four days to Columbia. So she's like, fuck that. I'm not totally. going back on the boat. So the woman goes, I've got one spot left for one night. She And then she, the woman also helps her, you know, organize a way to get back to Panama City the next day. And she's just, let's do it. She slept there. So it was a pretty basic place. And that night, she left a packet of saltines, like crackers. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. I'm oh. familiar. Oh, m- maybe not everyone is. Okay. It's basically what you eat when you're a child and you have an upset tummy, like when you're nauseous and you need to, st- like, if you vomited and you need to start eating again, your mom gives you saltines and ginger ale. Yes. Yes. Very... Is that my, just my family? <laughs> no, it's very no. very easy on the stomach. They're very plain, like, white crackers. With salt. salt and they're delicious. They're delicious with tuna fish and peanut butter, mm-hmm. or if you're feeling crook, just eating them by himself. Yeah, with ginger ale, guys. Get on the ginger ale. There you it's go. Good for Flat. your stomach. Flat. Yeah. No, I like the bubbles. Remember, people? No, people used to say if you have a bad stomach, drink flat coke. Yeah, but I—that's just sugar water. Like, what else More is sugar that? Sugar water. It's like, hey, you're not feeling well here. Have pure sugar. Make no, you feel sorry. Better. Have pure corn syrup. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's something special. Grandma's old recipe. Yeah. That's when Grandma used to have the, the Coca-Cola had cocaine in it. Yeah. And That'll the, make you feel uh, better. The old whiskey in the baby bottle. Yeah. Or just a nib of brandy on a dummy. Yep. Yeah. Oh, God. Parenting back in the 60s. <sighs> Those are the good well, old days. Well, probably the 80s as well. Let's yeah. be honest. Anyway, she, she left a packet of saltines on her bedside table that night as she went to sleep. And she says the next morning she woke up and without thinking, you know, she's probably hungry. She didn't eat a lot. She wakes up and she goes to grab a saltine. She pops it in her mouth and she starts chewing. Oh, no. And suddenly she realizes there is a crazy stinging sensation oh, in her no. mouth. And she goes, whoa, why is my mouth on fire? And she realizes that the saltines were basically covered in fire ants. Oh. 
And so she's cursing. She's, you know, probably rinsing her mouth out, trying to get the stinging out. Brutal. And just completely defeated and over it, she must board a boat back to Panama City and just gets off the island. And she ends up flying to Cartagena instead. Yeah. And spent probably double what she already had at that stage. Oh, yeah, because she probably had to pay for well, the full trip. Yeah, yeah, she paid for the full trip. And then she had to get a boat back to Panama, then a flight. Oof. So she probably ended up paying like an that extra hurts. 500 bucks. And she made it to Cartagena, but it just, wow, Claudia, what a story. Wow, that is a crazy story. That's brutal. That is brutal. The and fire ants on the saltines is just the cherry on the sundae. So the, sea, the seasick story was bad enough as it is, but then the the fire ants and the, I don't know, there were just, there were a lot of funny anecdotes in that story. Yeah, oof, that is just like one hit after the other. As somebody who also gets seasick, I feel that. I feel you on that level because it is very Well, I was going to say whether you wanted to tell very quickly your, uh, or not quickly, but the story about the uh, boat coming back from the Gili Islands Mm. in Indonesia to Bali. Oh, God. Because that was one of our more recent boat trips. That was probably two years ago. That was so awful. That was coming back. For anyone familiar with Indonesia, there's a, well, it's a series of islands. But there's a lot of islands that people go out to called the Gillies, Gilly mm-hmm. T, Gilly Air, Gilly Menno. And we were out there with my parents, actually. We were on a family holiday. Yeah. And we were coming back to Bali, and we had to take this boat, which is not a small boat. No, it's, like it's a pretty, not a small boat. And it's pretty it's comfortable. It's ship-like. Yeah, it's like a proper, legit ship. A and the, the trip is not that bad. It's probably like an hour yeah. Well, yeah. going there wasn't a problem for some reason. No. It, it was fine. I got a window seat yep. near the front of the boat, which is recommended, mm-hmm. I think. And um, and then I was like, okay, going back won't be that bad. It was terrible, yeah. you guys. We hit some serious swell, and the swell was coming in. Do you remember? So we got across the strait, but then we had to go down the coast. So we're going... Um, I never know perpendicular. What's what's the other one? Parallel? No. Yeah, parallel. Wait, mm-hmm. is it? Well, the parallel we're, and perpendicular. We're going down. Opposite. We're going down the coast, and the waves are coming into our side. So we're going against them. Yeah. Perpendicular. Yes. We're going perpendicular with the waves, and it was big waves. And this boat was big, but fuck me, was it swaying? It was Barf City, Indonesia. Yeah. It was terrible. So the waves were literally tossing the boat like basically sideways. Like we were rocking back and forth. I was actually paranoid that the boat was going to tip. Yeah. People were nervous. Yeah. I could see it in their eyes. And I threw up in the barf bag and uh, various brutal. other people looked like they were about to throw up. And so we had multiple stops of this. We were supposed to like have one stop and then go do like all these other stops. And the first stop we got to, we were like, nope, that's it. We're Christine good. Christine was like, I'm good. I was like, I'm getting off this boat if I'm the only person. I don't care. So we had to, and all our bags were at the bottom of the boat because we were supposed to be the last stop. Yeah, and, and they wouldn't let us get our bags off. So Joel storms into the bottom of the boat and like looks for our bags and drags them off. He's like, no, we're leaving. Yeah, I'm like, we're getting the fuck out of here. We had to find our surfboards, which are in a different spot. Because me and my dad had surfboards. We had our bags in another spot. And we, we just basically held up the boat. And we're like, you cannot leave until we get all that shit off. And Christine's like a shell of herself. Like, oh. I was like pale and sweating and just like vomit. Ugh. Yeah. 
And everybody, everybody else in our group, which is your family, yeah. uh, was also very nervous because it was. It looked like we were going to fall over. Uh, I was one hundred percent nervous about that. Yeah, and I that, kept thinking if the boat tips over and hits the water, what's the best way to get out? Like, where's the exits? Where, How can I smash a window? Where are the life jackets? Women and children any. first. Eh. Where's the life raft? I think it's more like a like get yourself sorted first. Like it's like an airplane. Oh, it's like the oxygen on yeah, the airplane. Yeah, it's like get yourself sorted before you can help other people. If that had happened, I wouldn't. I would not have made it. Mm. It would have been a disaster. Yeah, that would have been a whole different not so bon voyage. Oh yeah. Hey, so one one other thing I wanted to talk quickly about Claudia's story is that so I was actually in Panama City ten years ago, almost. Pretty actually close to the day, like to the month. It was Ooh. in 2010. And I've I've been in that position where I was in Panama City trying to find a boat to take me across to uh, Cartagena. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to pay for a – like I think they did have those sailing experiences, but I was w- traveling with an Irish guy and we didn't want to go on one of those very like – Tory. Tory, tailor type things, you know. And But we did hear that you can actually hop on boats – and get boats to take you across. Like you can kind of not can, like, a, like sto- a stowaway. Yeah, not like a stowaway, but you can you can trade a week of work and they can take you across and how you very Leonardo like DiCaprio and Titanic of you. Yes. So we actually spent a week going this is how this is serious. I don't know if I've told you a story before. We actually have I told you this? Uh, I think you told me this a long time ago. So we would actually go down to the dock and we put up flyers on the dock with our contact details saying, you know, two guys, mid-20s, well, early 20s at that stage, um, 24, yeah, mid, early. Early to mid. Early to mid. Uh, looking to get to Cartagena, we'll do this, we'll do that, and had our contact details, and we would actually go up to the ships and speak to the people and ask the captains, like, hey, which way are you going? You're like, have you got any room and stuff like that. Oh, my God. Did That's- you go? No, so... We were trying for a week and then we were on like a pretty loose timeline, but like we kind of wanted to get down to Columbia and we were tried for a week to get a boat and we couldn't, but we did get offered one trip and we got offered on a trip to take us to um, leaving Panama, going to Australia, oh to the God. east coast of Australia via the Galapagos and French Polynesia. That's awesome. On a sailboat? On a sailboat. But it was going to be like three months. That would be awesome, but that's an intense and situation. We we're planning on doing South America, so that would have been cool. But that was where my life almost like we spent a night deliberating it. Wow, that would have been awesome. Yeah. So in the end, we didn't find one, so we flew down. Hmm. I was in Panama when I did my trip, and I was thinking about doing the. Panama to Cartagena sailing trip, but I knew at that point I got seasick. Also, I've heard like horror stories of like very drunk captains who like are wasted and you know, obviously not very good ship drivers at that mm. point. Ship and, drivers, you know, sailors, boat, boat drivers, or sailors, Sarah sailors, whatever <laughs> they are. But yeah, I've heard some sketchy stories. Mm. Mm. All right. Mm. I have to take my switch off. Okay. Uh, so thank you, Claudia, for sending in that story. And yeah, great. If you have any experiences getting seasick or anything like that, we would love to hear your story. Or if you just want to say hello. I mean, you don't even have to send a story in. We just love to hear from you guys. From our voyages, our brilliant voyages, you can hit us up on Instagram at Not So Bon Voyage and come and say g'day. 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 All right. You got a story? 
I do have a story. All right, let's roll into it because we're cruising. We're cruising today. I feel very energized. Good. Probably the breathing we did. Yeah, breathing exercises. So this story is actually also about Panama. Ooh. It's not about Panama, but it happened in Panama. It's about the Panama, the band. Pan- there, is there a band called Panama? Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. I'm not familiar. Well, I'll have to play something. What is their work like? Oh, Panama. Really? That <laughs> yeah. sounds like I'm not going to sing. This is not a singing podcast. Come on. Isn't it? No. Oh, I thought it was. So this is a personal story. It happened to me. That's why it's personal. And last episode, I told that epic tale of conspiracy and intrigue, which everybody should go back and listen to. Yes. That was one of my most favorite stories I've ever told. So I thought my brain needed a bit of a break this week. So I'm telling a bit of a shorter story of just a personal experience. Love it. it. So this was in 2011. 2011. So nine years ago. Nine years ago. God, it feels like longer, actually. When I was thinking about the last story that I told when I said, you know, I was in Panama 10 years ago, I was like, fucking hell. Like, it's well, well, on the one hand, it felt, wow, 10 years has gone by. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, I was like, oh, 10 years have gone by. I've done so much in the last 10 years. Right? This feels like a lifetime ago. So I was traveling through Central America on my first solo backpacking trip. So I was by oh, myself, God. having yeah. the time of my life, 23. Carefree backpacking through Mexico, down through Guatemala, Honduras, Nicaragua. I cannot even picture you by yourself backpacking. How did I survive this trip? I still don't know. How do you survive life on a day-to-day basis now? I actually don't know, and I'm much older now. Uh, But back then, I was just like this naive, kind of oblivious traveler, just floating from hostel to hostel, Having the time of my life, hey man, early twenties, records, pretty much. Just you know, you know how it is in Central America. Having fun, hostels, you know, kicking it, kicking it with my giant backpacking backpack. That blue backpack, my giant blue backpack. Oh, that would be a good story to tell on that podcast yeah. sometime. Okay, did tell it. Yeah. So, <laughs> toward the end of my trip, I was on Bocas del Toro. Which is an island off the coast of Panama. Well, technically, it's an archipelago. Oh, it's an archipelago off the coast of Panama. Series of islands. They are very beautiful islands. Bocas is very backpackery. Party. Super party. It's such a good party spot. It was like the end of my trip. So I was kind of tired, but I was still having fun. And I actually have multiple stories from that place. Uh, including taking someone to the hospital who had cut their foot on a coral-covered shipwreck that was at the bottom of this pool at, at, at a hostel, but we'll save that for another episode. Okay. all right. That's a little teaser. A teaser. So one day, I was in Bocas, and the group I was hanging out with, we all decided to take a trip to a nearby island, which I think was called Isla Bastamientos. Mm. Um, but I, I'm not 100% sure. So TBD. There are a lot of islands around Bacchus. Yes, there are. Like little ones. I think one's called like Wizards. Uh, so Wizard Beach is Wh- on Bastimientos. Okay. Uh, that's actually what I was going to say. Wizard Beach is a surf beach. Yes. Okay. So this that's a very popular beach. So we organized to get a motorboat to the island. You motorboat, son of a bitch. Yeah. But before we left, I stopped at the ATM to get money out. So this was before the magic of Charles Schwab and no ATM fees. 
which mm. we have now. So I was getting the most money out I could at any one time. Because you wouldn't want to get the ATM fees and it was just better to do it that way. Yeah, exactly. It's like $7 to get money out of an mm. ATM. So I think I got like $400 out on the way to this island, that, which I is mean, a, just a great move. That's just a fantastic thing to do. Yeah, just you know, walk around with $400. So we took a boat to the island. They docked the boat, and then we walked across the island to... I'm pretty sure it was Wizard Beach. Yeah, I I've actually know that walk. I've done that. You have? Yeah. Okay. Um, so it's like a trail. You go up and kind of over a bit of a hump. I, you're walking through the jungle. You're walking through the jungle. It's, yeah. just a, it's just a trail. It's a trail, yeah. It's a very undeveloped island. Yeah. There's like a village when you first dock. And then other than that, you're pretty much just like You walk walking. from one side to the other, basically. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Familiar. So, well, very there you dense, go. Very dense jungle. It's quite dense. We've both walked that path. I know. Wait, what year did you do that? I did it 2010. Okay, I did it 2011. Yeah, so you, fo- you were following me. In your footsteps. So we had heard that there had been quite a few tourist robberies on the island so that we should be careful walking to this beach. Yeah, don't bring valuables, don't, don't bring, bring valuables, $400 don't bring cash. $400 in cash, pretty much. Los but banditos. I was 23, so when you're 23, you're like, I'm invincible. And you just don't YOLO. think about that sort of stuff. Yeah, exactly. Oh, we've all been there. Yeah, you're like, whatever, bring it. So we get to the beach. We had an awesome day swimming, hanging out on the sand. Wizard Beach, beautiful, really fun. Then magic like, happened. Magic was magic. Oh, because the wizard. Yeah, yeah. You're a wizard beach. <laughs> then around sunset, we decided to walk back to the dock to get the boat back to Bocas. On our way back, we were walking single file line on the trail. Because it's literally just like one really narrow and trail. Yeah, and go marching one, one. We were probably singing, but I don't know what we were singing. So it was us, like our group, which was probably had like six or seven people. And then there was a group of tourists ahead of us, maybe like 15 yards. I cannot confirm. I don't know. I'm very bad at estimation. But Just they say were 15 yards. They were close enough that we like saw them. They weren't that far, but they were like a bit ahead of us. 30 meters, 30 yards. 30 yards. We'll go with 30. No, I think it was less. Okay. Okay. So someone in our group all of a sudden says, oh my God, those people are getting robbed. So we look ahead of us and the people ahead of us are on the trail and there is a guy on the side of the trail with like a kaffia scarf, you know, those like scarves Mm -hmm. tied around his head so you couldn't see his face, but you could just see his eyes and what looked like a barrel of a gun but with a cloth covering it, pointed at the tourists. Mm. And we could see them handing their valuables over to him as they each went down the trail. And we are like, oh, fuck. So we were basically like next in line to be robbed. And there was really nowhere Ticket, for us please. to go. Ticket, uh, please. Number 22, you're up now. Exactly. Uh, wallet, please. This and guy's just like... Cash, next, yeah. Next. You're basically funneled next. into a robber. You can't do anything. Exactly. There was nowhere for us to go. So we couldn't run back the other way because it was just the beach. But since we were a little further back, we had a, a second to like figure out what to do. So there was a guy in our group. I don't remember his name, but he was a genius. Jeff. Jeff. I don't think his name was Jeff. Okay. But he was very smart because he was like, we should throw all of our bags and valuables in this ditch and we'll come try to come back later. Like, that's just our best option right that now. That is a very quick thinking move. Very quick thinking. I would not have thought of that. It was really smart. So we just started throwing all our shit off the side of the trail. We didn't know if the robber could see us doing this or he's going to come 
get them. He's like, oh, awesome. You've collated all your things for me. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But we're just like throwing our shit over there. Then we keep walking on the trail and we get to the robber and he's, he's like, got Nix, his please. Yeah, he's got his gun. And there's yeah, so there's like six or seven of us in our group. So the girl in front of me walks by him and gives him the finger, which is like super ballsy but awesome. Yeah. So like you go girl. Fuck you, man. I'm literally walking by him with my hands in the air, like I'm in an old school bank robbery Mm. video. Put your hands up and nobody gets hurt, kid. Pretty much. I've pulled my jean short pockets inside out so he can see that I don't have anything in my pockets. And I'm just like, please don't murder me. I do not want to die on this island right now. Like, you know, I don't have anything. There was a Canadian guy in our group who had his, still had his backpack with him, and he had, like, an important doctor's note in his backpack. I can't remember what it was for. Maybe it was, like, to get out of gym class or something. Maybe it was idiot pills. I don't know what it was, but apparently it was super important. I think it was, like, if, for the military, maybe, or mm. so there was some sort of doctor situation. And he he wanted to keep it. So he's trying to, like, talk to the robber and, like, be like you know, I want to keep this. I need to keep this. And the ro- he's basically like, I can't give this to you. And the robber's like, do you want to die? And so I think he gave up the backpack in the end. We're just like, this is so dramatic. Mm, give him the paperwork. Seriously. Also, like, don't carry it if it's that important. Yeah. So we all walk by. And then basically we just start sprinting back to the village near the dock. We tell, I think we told the boat owners or somebody, I don't know if it was the police, but somebody over there, uh, what happened. And they just like sprung to action. Well, they would be very responsive because like it's, they get, if, if tourists get robbed, it affects their trade. Totally. So they would be, a lot of the time though, people in the tourist industry are the most supportive. Right. Because it's economics. So they were pissed. Uh, they, yeah, I think they were basically mad that this guy would be ruining their tourism. Mm. So they grab their dogs and we all head down the trail to see if our stuff is still there and for them to potentially catch this robber. At the time I was like, oh yeah, bring the dogs. But now I'm like, what were, what were they for? Bring the chihuahua. Like for protection? They weren't like massive dogs. Maybe it was to like catch the scent of the robber and like get on his trail or something. I don't know. Maybe they just like to take their dogs for a walk. Maybe. So it was us seven tourists, these two local dudes and their dogs like running across the island. And we get to the spot. And of course, the guy's already gone. But we're more concerned about whether our stuff is still there. So we go further to the place where we chucked our stuff. And do you think it was still there? Or do you think it was gone? I think it was still there. It was still there. Woo! So to uh, not summarize. One, not, so not one thing was missing? Nothing was missing. So he, so did, he, so he bolted. Didn't okay. He didn't see it. He bolted immediately after because he didn't want to get caught. Because that kind of stuff, like, who knows what would have happened to that guy it if he got caught. Probably just island justice. Yeah. But also, like, it's such a small island. I feel like they would have figured out who they probably Where was figured he supposed to go? I don't know. So, in all, I had my $2,000 DSLR camera in my bag, $400 in cash, my credit cards, I think an iPhone. And, like, any other loose stuff. So that would have been such a good score for him. He would have, like, really cashed out with that. Mm. So if there's any new travelers listening, what's do your not... Travel, what's your travel takeaway? A take, travel takeaway is don't carry so much valuables, especially at a place where you've heard there's a lot of robberies. And, yeah, this is... this. It does seem like there is a string of robberies there. And I actually read an article about somebody who got robbed or a, a trip advisor. 
uh, thing, article or whatever. And they said the same thing. The guy was like, do you want to die? You are a very lucky girl. I'm very lucky. Well, also, this is very sad, but on that same island, on that same trail, a young woman was actually murdered. A traveler was murdered. Um, okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, a 23-year-old young woman coming back from the beach. It was really sad. When? I, 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 I think like 2018. Oh, okay. Yeah. Separate so, story? S- separate story. Yeah, so that place definitely got dodgy. There are some sketchy people around Bacchus. It yeah. is a hub. I mean, it's a bit of a hub. It's a bit of a hub. Like, there's obviously a lot of tourists there, so there's a lot of money there. Mm-hmm. So then you're always going to get shady stuff, drug dealers, mm-hmm. you know, sketchy owners, mm-hmm. boat tour people like trying to rip you off. Not everyone. I'm just saying. Yes. Like it is a, it's a tourist town, so it doesn't have any loyalty to the tour to the foreigners. Mm-hmm. You're in and you're out within a couple of days. So totally, I milk the shit out of you while you're there. Yeah. So I, I have other stories from that place. It's a bit mm. of a wild west. It is a definitely wild west. We yeah. spent. I spent a bit of time there actually. I went there through there the first time in 2010, and then I ended up. Uh, okay, actually, it must have been later than I moved down there. Um, to Panama City, but so I went through there in 2010 in like February, and then I ended up spending like three or four weeks volunteering, basically working for free at a hostel in the jungle in Panama. Mm. And we would take some trips every now and then out to Bacchus to try and recruit tourists to come and stay at the hostel, and we would just go and party there. Mm-hmm. It's a very fun time in my life. Yeah, it's a it's a fun place, it's a fun but place. it's a bit of a wild west. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, thankfully you were safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything went fine. But, but a lesson to future travelers to not take out all your money. Yeah. And travel with it to <laughs> take it out when you're on your way home, and uh, yeah. So to- a sh- huge shout out to whoever that was in that group that decided to Jeff. that we threw. I don't think his name was Jeff. So that said to throw our bags over because that was genius. Well done, Jeff. Thanks, Jeff. For <laughs> sure, we'll go with Jeff. Sure. Okay. Okay. I, I think that's. I think that's a great time to wrap up for the week. Okie dokie. Yeah, you know we're we're nearing on the hour. We've got many important things to do for the rest of the day. I'm gonna make cinnamon roll dough. Yeah. I mean, if you've got some suggestions, things to do, hobbies, we might do some baking. We Yes. That's hence the cinnamon rolls. Yes. Hence the cinnamon rolls. I might bake bread. Oh, you go, girl. Yeah. And we might get started on that 90s nostalgia podcast. Yes. If you have any movies or TV shows or music that you want us to cover. If you would want us to do it. I mean, I know it's a transition from, you probably come here to listen to travel, but hopefully you come here to listen to us. Yeah. Well, it's going to be a different podcast. Yeah, I mean. You don't have to listen to it. You don't, no, no, you don't have to. This is the main one. If you're here, stay here. Just stay here. Yeah, just don't worry about it. Don't worry about the other one. Don't worry about the other <laughs> one. All righty, guys, wherever you are in the world, whether you're locked down or not, remember these are crazy times, but we can get through it if we look after each other. And Lovely. that's the most important thing. So stay safe. And if you're not, well, just keep staying safe. Keep yeah. trying. Keep trying. Do Peace, homies. Bye, bitches. Bye.